Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Scene Partners. Scene Partners podcast starring Chris McDowell and Cody Walker. Welcome to the stage. What I appreciate you about <laughs> you so much is that it always has to be a little extra, huh? I was just going to go until you until you chimed in and then you chimed in and it was and this is one where you can stop. I also like I'm, I, it's a surprise. I surprise myself and I just keep moving on. Always looking for something to cut. <laughs> no, you're not. That's the thing we discussed last time. You're going to say that. And that's going to be in there. It's going to be it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to cut. You're not going to cut it. And even if you did cut it, you just put it at the end. So. I'm not worried about it. It's going to find its way in. What, what, what did you take before we walked in here? You're all of a sudden yeah. talking a million miles an hour. Sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have things that I need to say, and I'm worried that I'm going to run out of time. You're a little bit like a rabbit. <laughs> like, I'm good for the sprint, but man, that long race. We get to about minute 37, I'm done. Man, there was this one time I saw, a, you ever seen a dra- jackrabbit? <laughs> you ever seen a jackrabbit? Uh, yeah. They're huge. Yep. Like, I'm talking huge like a panther there's like the panther of rabbits like if a panther is is you to get like cats and then panthers that's like a jackrabbit to a rabbit you know what i'm saying <laughs> even though this is a real treat <laughs> <laughs> um i need to obligatorily ask you how are you how was your week how are you feeling? Um, you I'm, look so nice today. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It's uh, all that sweat that I've been doing in this amazing heat that we're having here. Oh, I thought it was the shower. Oh, yeah, that too. Drip, drip, drop, little Chris. Well, it's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it is. All right. But I take a hot shower all day and that. then I take a cold gonna, shower when I get you're home. You're going to sing that now every time you get in the shower. I'm never going to think about drip, that song drip. when I leave here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be playing this back and thinking... Okay. <laughs> it's a hard debate whether or not I keep that. Well, I'll be singing it. That's for sure. Trip, trip, Every time you take a shower, I'm going to be singing that. <laughs> okay. How are you? What are you doing? I'm good, man. I don't know. I can tell. I, like, we, we just closed Finding Nemo Jr., which is the youth uh, theater workshop at the Fox Theater, and it was so much fun. It really was weird. Like it was not a stressful process, and I'm not saying that all theater is stressful. Obviously, yeah. But it was. There wasn't a moment that I was like, "Oh man, I don't know." And it's been a while since I've had that, where it's like, mm, "I don't know." You know, it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay, but for the moment, it's not great. Yeah. But it just, I don't know. It's something. Maybe, maybe it was just a gift, and I will totally receive it. But it just was easy. Like we we showed up. The kids were great. They were, all knew their stuff. We ran the show for like two weeks before we even made it to Tech Week. I mean, I was running out of things to do with the kids. It was wild. Like, do you think it's maybe you're finding more stuff. sure footing the more you do this? I don't know. It's either that or maybe I'm just letting things go easier. I'm not sure. Like, whatever it was, I felt a lot better. <laughs> um, we also look at you leaning into we, organic directing. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that was a nice thing you said. That was a thing you said. I'll never forget it. Um, yeah, like the other thing you said about me in my showers. Drip, drip, drip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I knew how to do custom ringtones, <laughs> I'll get somebody to teach me. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. I I think that the show itself was a little easier in some ways. I think that 
you know, some of the kids had done it a whole bunch. And I think that I also, I think one of the things that helped a whole lot is that right from the very beginning, I think I did a little bit better job of laying out expectations as far as like what I expected from them and what they should expect from me. And I think that as well as them delivering, I also delivered on those expectations. Like sometimes I think I go in and I'm like, Hey, these are all the things I want to do. Even though I know that there are some of those things that aren't going to, to make it that are going to hit the, you know, that are not going to make it all the way onto the stage, but in my like perfect world, it would. And I think that, I just was very clear, like, this is what we're doing. Um, this is what I expect from you. This is what you should expect from me. And we both did everything we said we were going to do, which was awesome. And, you know, there was also, it was more of an ensemble show. It wasn't so much just like one person the whole time. So the kids had responsibilities so spread out, I think also helped. That it wasn't just like a, like they were busy the whole time, which helped a whole lot. And so since they were just like constantly going on and off stage and having to change into new things, they were like engaged. They had to be more engaged maybe. Mm -hmm. And so since they were so such an active participant and there wasn't any, you know, go backstage and hang out for a second. Oh, right. This is that scene. Now, how many kids are in the program that you do each summer? Well, I have a max of 30, but I allowed 38. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I felt you know 40 is my like never over 40 never ever um and 30 30 is a like a sweet spot i i find with these children's shows just because then every single person and especially given our space every single person is highlighted and there's room for everyone and the spacing works out because if you get more than 40 kids up on that stage you, you there's there's nowhere like you're not looking at anyone. Well, yeah, it's and chaos. It is chaos. And I'm overwhelmed and they're overwhelmed. And that's not what you want. So, and that that's just not, you know, it is an educational workshop. And so what can I possibly teach to that many, you know, once you get to a certain point, it's like, I can't, I can't inform these kids anything. They're not learning anything. They're literally just wasting their time. And I know that they're kids, but I don't want to waste their time. And I, that's, just not what it's about. I want them to fall in love with it. And they're not going to fall in love with it if they're in a sea of people. Absolutely not. Because then it's not about the theater. It's about something else, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just not what I want to do. So yeah, sweet spot, 30, 38 worked, but only because I had so many people helping. And the cool thing was now we've been doing this. This was my sixth year, which seems really wild that this was my sixth year. Uh, time doing like taking over the the youth program, um. Yeah, that is just kind of crazy. The do you think that you could ever get to? And I know this is you know not necessarily what you have written on the board or whatever, but do you think you could ever get to a point that say if there were sixty maybe seventy kids, um, trying to do this that you would ever do more than one weekend yeah, or more than two. one show? I would do two. Like I, I would you do two would, different shows or would you do two, the same show? Just I would two do different two casts? different shows. I think that we would have, and I did think about that. It was like, we would have like an A camp and a B camp or, you know, like early summer, late summer is what we would end up having to do. And I only say that because I don't know of any other programs that are like this. Yeah. Well, and there's, there is a, there's definitely like they want to do more. And I, it, it, I, I ended up feeling kind of, 
um, this feeling of like guilt, almost like remorse in a way whenever we were done because so many of the parents were coming up to me asking me what was next and the kids were asking me what was next. They were asking if we were going to continue um, doing our acting classes at the Fox because we used to do that um, before the baby. Um, and it just, I just don't have... I don't have the capacity to be able to do that. Well, absolutely not. You're hindered by manpower and time. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And and it's, it's not that I don't want to, I would still love to do those things because it is incredibly fulfilling and it's great for our community. I mean, when we do those acting classes, our shows are phenomenal. And, and honestly, like, I mean, the kids get so much confidence in the class. They come back, they're better auditioners. They're better, performers they're better scene partners it's just the way it is you know you go to class you learn and you apply those things that you learn in the show it's it's awesome um and so many of those kids that were in those classes like growing through those classes and then doing the summer workshop i mean it it, it is amazing seeing them on stage now just like you are so good and <laughs> it's just and seeing them audition is also just amazing i don't know it's just it just shows you like whenever you do give um whenever you do i'm trying to say give education but that's not that's not appropriate that's not the right way it's more that like you're taking the stuff that you your knowledge what you've learned and you're you're then offering it to the community in a way that's helpful and trying to grow and teach about the arts which Mm -hmm. is not something that i would say that most um money wants to pour like most most things of money want to pour into necessarily arts which is so like for for you and my perspective is it it's so necessary Mm -hmm. to help people grow to have a more well-rounded sort of personality to understand the beauty in collaboration and cooperation yeah i um (laughs) i I definitely feel the same way. I mean, that it, it's not, I, I, I guess one of the things that makes it special at the Fox is that money isn't necessarily the focus mm-hmm. for us, you know, and it's not, It that's just not what it is about. It is about the giving over because in all honesty, the, the hope is that these kids and these people eventually grow up and that they will also want to do what we are doing to keep it going because this is not the longevity longevity of this for us is obviously not going to be forever. Like we can't do this. It shouldn't, you know, live always. and die with just you. No. And I want it to move so, so much further than us, you know, and, um, Lexi had done so much upfront work, honestly. And it is hard because, and I think we have talked about this like way, way many podcasts ago. Um, but you know, people, I'm so much more visible and then than she is but you know she's the person that's her and and the board that have kept the doors open at this place and Mm -hmm. make these things happen and it feels kind of like i don't know it's almost like somebody (laughs) it's like when somebody does all the work and then this other person just comes in and takes all the glory it's like i'm that guy (laughs) it's like woo, look at me i mean i'm not saying i don't put in my work but they've definitely like kept it open for so long and then I think that it was very special whenever we came together and we were able to then push it further forward, you know, together um, with a shared passion. But I mean, it, it is it is a really I think because at the core of it is a passion for teaching and for keeping the art alive mm-hmm. and for the hope that it keeps going. So 
hopefully all of these things that we've done have been laying the groundwork to make that happen, you know, and you just kind of have to hope that that is what other people are feeling and that they're wanting as well. But it, it did, it did make me feel very, um, like, I don't know what that feeling is. It's almost like I'm ashamed that I'm not able to do this for them, even though I know it's not the right thing, you know, but I think it's because we're conditioned so much as artists to like, okay, people are interested in this. I need to do it because mm -hmm. this is what, you know, maybe they won't be interested in it for long. And so I need to capitalize on this and it's an opportunity. So I'm going to say yes. But that's just kind of not where I'm at anymore in my career. It's not the say yes, do everything, you know? Well, it's interesting you say that because when we were rehearsing for um, Tuna, uh, uh, Genevieve mm -hmm. um, had approached me and said, are you happy to be back on stage for the first time, you know, after directing a couple shows? And I said, I think I'm more interested in storytelling and other aspects now mm -hmm. where it's like. I, it's not that I'm not passionate about being on stage. I love to act and things like that, but yeah. I love affording the opportunity in different ways. And how can mm -hmm. we enhance what we've worked so hard for now? Yeah. And I think that's what you're kind of feeling at this point is you, you, you definitely want to, the word is capitalize ultimately, but you definitely want to seize that moment when people are so interested and so uh, on fire about it mm -hmm. that you want to continue that forward so that, Hey, maybe someone else can step forward and maybe take a camp next year or yeah. someone else can take over classes or can do some dance or can do, you know, just anything mm -hmm. involving the performing arts of any kind in this area. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, cause it definitely can't be us. And, I have, I think I felt for a long time that it's not about the acting anymore for me. Yeah. That, that is honestly something that like, I do love to do it. I mean, don't do not get me wrong. It is a blast. It mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to diminish like any performance that I've ever given or had no, the of opportunity course, I, to do. Yeah. I don't think that it, it didn't read that way when you were saying that, but I, but it's not, it, I, I don't know. Like if, if we're doing a show and I'm in it, it's most of the time. I'm sorry. A hundred percent of the time is necessity. <laughs> it's because, Oh, we need someone. Yeah. I would agree with that. So this is what I'm doing and I'm going to figure out how to make that work. Um, it's definitely not because like, I don't think that we have ever chosen a show because I was like, I, we're going to do this show because I want to play this role. You know what? I, I will, I will defend you on this in, in a way that um, I think that you have possibly, I think you're trying to defend yourself because I think you might've been accused of this before, but I think it is people don't realize that when we pick shows, we have people in mind yeah. and sometimes those people are not available anymore. Yeah. And then it becomes a question of who else mm -hmm. could do this. And then it becomes, or you've got like 75% of the cast that, you know, you're like, okay, I've got these people. But, yes. Hopefully somebody shows up for this. And, and then, then when, if it doesn't happen, it yeah, doesn't happen. When no one shows up to do a certain thing, then you then have to yeah. think to yourself, can I take on the responsibility? Mm -hmm. And, and ultimately it kind of plays out that way sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I wasn't necessarily like, I, I do know why you were saying that. I, I don't, maybe I was subconsciously trying to defend my own actions. I don't know. Um, but it, it is, 
it you is don't make them out of artistic choices is what i was trying to say yeah like, no of i'm course. picking a show because i want to play this role yeah no i don't that's never at the center because it would it. be so much easier to direct a show and not be in oh my it. god i mean i that's what i thought about you know atticus it was like when we were doing to kill a mockingbird i i mean i didn't make that call either that was you and lexi pretty much and Amanda made that choice happen for us. Um, Cause you were still actively searching and we were like, Hey man, yeah. I, have I you considered some of this is, is you, when you, you take into the account of these are the caliber of shows that we want to put forth. And when you have somebody who is really trained and I'm not just talking about myself here, obviously, but whenever you have somebody who has training and experience, why would you not put them in a role to help pull the cast up? You know, um, that's why I think of a lot. It's like, okay, this person is incredibly talented. If we put them in this role, then the rest of the cast will then rise to the occasion. Because honestly, that was some of the best acting classes that I've ever had was being in a show with incredibly talented people is like, Oh my God, I get to watch this happen. I'm going to try to, to rise to their level. Yeah. Is what it's I it's want. the, it's the adage, um, the, the anecdote of the rising tide, you know, rises all ships, raises all ships, whatever it is. I have never heard that. In Are my you whole killing, kidding me? Come on. <laughs> drip, drip, drop little knowledge. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, and I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that just me being in a show is going to make that happen, but I am saying that we do take that into account whenever we're casting. And I do think that it is interesting, you know, I mean, you have somebody who owns a theater company and they're directing a show and then you see that they've, they're also in it. Of course, I would put myself, like if I were looking at that from the outside, I'd be like, well, yeah, I know why that happened. Because that's what you would talk about. But it does kind of bring me into one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, what do you think, because um, we've been talking a lot about positivity and stuff just lately, just because we want to... Um, we want to, you know, form in our own opinions, like our, our I, I guess, a change of mindset. Um, just because we were, I guess you would say, in the doldrums uh, for a little while there, and in it, it, or at least I was in a lot of different forms of the artistry and in our producing of things, and even in this podcast. And I think every artist, every person goes through that. But I do think that you have the power to kind of change your mindset in it. And whenever you sit in that negativity for a long time, it starts to affect not only the thing that you love, but all the things that you love. Oh yeah. It's, it's almost as if it's, it's a this, virus. Yeah. It's this, it, that's exactly what it is. It's like yeah. this scratch that keeps getting bigger and mm -hmm. bigger. And then it starts to bleed into sort of everything. And yeah. I know that for me, personally right now, like professionally, I am tired and done. Yeah. And uh, I have kind of let that like infect my mindset like in so badly. real world job, Chris. Yeah. Like yeah. real world job, Chris. And, and I've let that sort of infect my mind. And, and then I also have to take a step back and think, oh, maybe I have been stagnant because I'm not doing anything creatively yeah. either. And that has been such the driving force for so long mm -hmm. and now that we are sort of in a bit of a lull in between like the things that we're doing yeah is that also affecting that sort of mindset where i could be distracted because mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like your focus is now in this like kind of 
mundane area yeah. of your brain where it's like, like oh, okay, going through the motions. Because I do the job thing. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when you're at the top of that, and where else do you go? You exactly. Um, so I, I totally understand that. But yes, ultimately, I, th- I think that because, you know, you and I have recently had discussions. Let's try to get back to that positivity in all the things. Yes. And not just this and our discussions, but every little aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. Let it not affect our because we've talked that about about that before, about how letting things sort of affect our whole day. Yeah. But now we are much older and wiser and we're like, well, I'm not willing to put up with this for very long. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm going to make a shift because I I don't want to dedicate my time to this. I want to be in a more positive environment. Yes. Or yada, yada, yada. Like, I think this is thing, where I want to because time is precious. And, yes. And we know that we don't get to do it very much. And yeah. so it's like, well, the thing is, like, I, I feel like especially when it comes to sort of my time, it's like you, you have bought my service, but not my loyalty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and, understand that. And and tell me what to you is the most important thing because if it's not my loyalty, then okay, you you bought this thing that's something else, mm-hmm. and I can separate myself from it. Right. Hmm. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> I'm done with all the wisdom. Um. In yeah. our quest to do great, we fail to do good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of those things for me, and this is one of the, and this has been hard for me lately, and. And I didn't expect it to be because I guess I didn't honestly think that I did this very much. But I think one of the things that is helping me or that I'm trying to be more um, uh, intentional about and just like focusing on on uh, how I behave in the world is is just giving in to that that gossip thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and just not playing a role. And I do think that somehow like it, and it's not just in the arts, but we can just make this art specific. Um, that no, no, be specific. Like, be <laughs> real specific. Don't be vague. But I'm just saying, like in in the arts, like gossip is such a killer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in anything, but it is such a killer because I can't create things at my best. You know, if I'm comparing or if I'm thinking about like. Oh well, this is going on at that other place, and I, you know, like a, a small part of me really hopes that that fails because that would be interesting, or you know, like that's just not a good, that's just not a good person, like that's just not good for me, and it puts me in a negative headspace, and I don't know, it just can't be a karma, it just, just feels like bad karma. So well, then you want to be happy that they fail. You're yeah, like, yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. Celebrating failure is not cool. That's just not, especially in a. When I do rehearsal, that's the first thing that I say is that we're doing this because I want you to fail. And this is the only place probably in your life that you're going to hear somebody say, I want you to fail as many times as possible so that we can make sure we get it right when we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So we want to know all the things we shouldn't do. So let's do it. Let's find out all the things we shouldn't do because then it'll highlight all the things we should. And it's almost like I will give that grace to performers that are in my shows but i won't give that grace to other um arts organizations other theaters other you know anything and that's just not that's not right it's not right of me to try to like be this positive force or whatever for the people that need me to but for the people outside of my circle (laughs) yeah they're on their own like that's just not okay 
So I've definitely been trying to do a whole lot better about that. And it's odd now being conscious of it, how much I notice other people doing it to me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so then that makes me think, oh, wow, have I been doing this so much with other people that they now want to do this with me or they think this is how we communicate Yeah, because you became a magnet for that sort of thing. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, have I accepted this or do these people just trust me not to talk about it to other people or what is it? Because it's not just like, I mean, it's not just in the arts that I'm talking about. Like even in my, uh, in my job job, um, that happens. And so it's, it's just interesting. It's like, am I, what am I doing to bring this on? You know, and to make people think that that's okay. And it's also interesting whenever people come up to you and try to do that, and then you um, don't affirm them, but you, like, pivot and then see how they react. Because I have discovered the... They get real squirmish. They get so squirmy. And I, and it's and it's not the... Like, if you just straight out say, like, oh, I'm not going to talk about that. That's super gossipy. Like, people don't like that. That's, like, that's the worst. But if you're just like, oh, yeah. So, anyway, um, and you just kind of move on. Or, like, oh, no, I'm just not that interested. Like, it is interesting seeing people's body language, like, change. Like, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. But then they also look at you like, screw that guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's not on my team anymore. (laughs) I thought he was on my team. But, you know, it's it's... In life, when you create those boundaries and people don't respect them, then you learn mm-hmm. real quick, okay, you're not someone that I want to be around. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I will say that not doing that has been very good for my soul. Oh, absolutely. And so I'm, sure I'm it has. definitely going to stay on that train. And I also know like how many times growing up, you know, getting to this point in my life that I've noticed that I've noticed whenever I have done that, and how that has led to, or whenever I have like, you know, heard something and then told other people and then how that has kind of come back around in a very unhealthy way for me as, as far as like, all right, so I, I said this to this person, but then this person was actually friends with those people. So then they told them something, but it was kind of different than what I said, Yeah, but I did do this. So I opened the door for it and now I'm in this situation and that's just not cool. That's just not where I want to be. And I mean, I haven't been in that kind of a situation in a very, very long time. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm well, talking early 20s. The the thing is, it, like, I, I can remember distinctly the last time that it happened to me is that someone had posted something on social media. And I believe mm. I had asked you, hey, what's going on with this? But for some reason, somehow it had uh, not because you had done anything, but yeah. it had somehow reached that other person that I'd asked what was going on mm-hmm. and they confronted me about it. And I just sat there and I thought, Oh, this is a bad look. This is a bad, I was like, I just asked about what was going on because I was mm-hmm. being nosy and I learned my lesson. And I'm not going to be nosy about no your more. business because I don't really know you well enough yeah. to really care ultimately long-term. What's great is I don't remember this at all. I mean, I remember something going down, I think, but I don't really remember. You tell me later. The other thing, how do you feel about working in an environment with people that have, since we were talking about gossiping, what do you think about working in an environment that has like the, the, these artists or this company has a bad reputation? Hmm. Okay. So 
I typically try to give grace. Yeah. In that a lot of times I try to, uh, when I expose myself to those things or people or whatever it is, situations, mm-hmm. in that they that has never happened to me personally. Mm-hmm. And then I usually I have, have heard a, you say that. Yeah. Like I, that is not my personal experience. Yeah, that's not my personal experience. So I can't, so I can't say speak that. To it. Yeah. That being said, I have a rule of two. Yeah. Burn me once. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say that maybe that was an accident. Twice is on purpose. And that I never want to be a part of whatever that person, artist, whatever it is. Yeah. Ever again. Like the project. Yeah. So do you think that it is wise to, so that, because, you know, I talk about this a lot in my advancement position is, you know, I'm trying to get the word out there. Word of mouth is always the best advertising. So do you think that in the arts, that word of mouth is worth it, you know, with other oh, arts? Oh, 10,000%. Interesting. But you still give two shots. Um. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I think when people, okay, so speaking of gossip and, and things of, of that nature, I think it's, because that hasn't been my personal experience, I can still approach it cautiously, right? Yeah, you still, you know the information. I have it in the back of my mind. But then you're going to give, you're going to let it be your yeah. own experience before you. Absolutely. Because it could be wrong. Because it sometimes it is gossip, you know? It, I totally understand that. Yeah. And, and imagine if you shut yourself off from an experience that could be good because someone has said something one time. Mm-hmm. And it like, for, for example, I don't know the day that that person was having when they had that experience with someone. And so there's so many factors that never get like sort of included into a story. Yeah. It's like, are you, am I going to trust the Yelp review? Yes. And it, and it's all based on perspective and and we already know, you know, historically and factually that, um, firsthand accounts or eyewitness accounts are not really that accurate Mm -hmm. ever. And it's all about perspective and how people frame stories when they tell you. And I try to always yeah. remember that, that there are two sides and then the truth to every right. single story that's ever told. So, yes, I do think that word of mouth when it comes to like, say, hey, you should go see this show. It's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. All right. I trust that because I trust that but person that I'm speaking to his opinion. Trust the person. So like, yeah. I, f- I feel like if I told you like, hey, don't work with that person, that's going to be miserable. They are awful. And they're not going to respect you. I feel like you'd be like noted, not going to do it. But see, that's enough information in so far as you didn't go into details about what happened with you. Yeah. But what if it's like just the entire town? Like say, say if it's me, like the whole town is just like, man, play on theater. The worst. (laughs) Like never, ever work with those people ever just everybody just knows that and you move into town to, to be fair we're on the outside of it None so of, we don't really yeah, know, no, I know but, but that's uh, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> obviously i'm using the, myself as an example but i'm just because i'm just curious like you're an outside person coming in you have no previous knowledge i think you know, here's and, the thing if if you were someone moving outside into a town right like mm-hmm. let's just say for example i moved to north carolina and I wanted to get involved in the theater there. Right. And then there were so many people that I had run into saying, hey, look, you should do um, theater A. Yeah. And then I, I go to be there and then they're like, oh, well, you should really be at theater C because that's a lot better. And this is going to be a terrible experience. I'm like, mm. well, I'm new to the town. I don't really know. I'm going to try everything. I'm going to do all like it, it's it's the same as going to sort of a buffet. I'm yeah. going to try everything and see which one of these is a good fit. 
Yeah, I kind of think that. But I don't want to close myself off to experiences, I guess. Right. No, and I feel the exact same way. Um, But, you know, we are friends, so that would make sense. But we. We're birds of a feather. Oh, my God. Scene partners. (laughs) Um, But I do think. Drip, drip, drop. I'm not singing it. Um, You will. Even if it's in your mind, even if you care or not, it's there. Um, But I do think that you, you know, if if I'm I'm not going to shut myself off to an experience, but. If, if it's, if everybody's saying don't do it, am I going to allow that negative opinion of these people who live there and are probably jaded? So I think that's where a lot of bad reputations come from sometimes is like, well, you know, this one thing happened. I was gossiping. I told these other people and then all these other people don't like the person. And so maybe it's not founded, but I don't know. I, I, I find that like, the longer people are in a community, there's there's just it's almost like lines get drawn. And I do feel like that our our particular community is very divided as far as who does stuff where. And I used to think that was a very bad thing. But I don't necessarily know if I agree with myself anymore as far <laughs> as that. Like I, I just think, you know, there are some people that do things with everyone. There are some people that just do things with certain people. And that's cool. Like maybe those people just really gel well. That's where they want to be. But I don't think that it's a good thing to kind of do what we were talking about earlier, which is I only do things with these people. I've never worked with those other people. I don't like them. <laughs> oh, no, no, absolutely. But which I think happens so much. It's like you don't know those people. You know, I mean, I there there are. There are people, there are theater companies I'm not going to go watch. And I'm just not because I don't have time. It doesn't mean I'm going to tell other people not to go. There are other people that do acting classes. I suggest that if I'm not doing something, I constantly tell people to go to them. Yeah, If I don't have a million things going on, would love to take or go to some sort of acting class. And that's awesome. And I'm not going to talk bad about the person that's trying to do that. But it's like, you know. I'm also going to let other people know that, hey, I'm not doing it. These other people are doing it. Go do it. Even if I, in my heart, think, man, I would never take that class. <laughs> but it might be the perfect thing for that person just because it's not going to be for me. You know, and I'm just, I would not close someone else off to that opportunity. It's just something I find. But of course, you know, in, in people closing themselves off to, like, say someone didn't want to work with you, well, who, I would argue like who, who I was five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, not the same person, man, so different. And I have a different perspective in, and it wouldn't be fair to say that now there are just some people who are a certain type of person that you just don't want to work with. All right. You're not an artist that I can collaborate with. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, we desire always, I think as an artist is to collaborate, but it's it's shutting yourself off from an experience and I just I can't I can't get behind that yeah I think that it's just that I I honestly think it's the negativity is the disease thing and I think that we work in an industry that people are tired a lot of the times and especially in a smaller community where it is the extra thing that you do um it's the thing that I'm I really want to do this and a lot of the times it feels like no one else is and I got to keep it going and that is a weight that I think that a lot of theater artists and artists carry on their shoulders is no one else is going to do this in this town. So I got to keep it going. So here we go. I'm going to do it. 
and I and I feel like that that kind of bleeds into resentment in a way. And yeah, it's almost like in you know, it's like if all the theaters were in the same building and it was like office cubicles. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like this person did a really good job, so they got a promotion, and now everybody else is annoyed with them. Like, I don't like that. And then when they get a promotion, everybody else is annoyed with them. It's like, I, it, it's not, I don't know. I just, it just feels very poisonous. I mean, I'm very thankful that we have been very intentional as far as our theater company goes and not allowing that to be a part of who we are. But I do think that, that is an easy trap in smaller communities just because it is so exhausting and so much of what we do requires so much of ourselves. It's just like what we talk about with, you know, with the sacrifice thing before the shows that it is you know, the greatest things in our lives are the things we sacrifice the most for. And it does take a lot of sacrifice to make these things happen. Um, but it is, I do think that it is worth it at its core. I do think that it is important. And I do think that it is at the, you know, forefront of all of it is fun. I mean, it is a lot of fun. It's oh, yes. ridiculous what we get to do. And I was thinking about that with the kids show that we were just doing of, I can't believe that people are like, hey, this is cool that, you know, I'm going to go drop my kids off at this workshop and they have no clue what the theater looked like when the kids got there. Um, And then they're going to show up and the theater is going to look like this whole other environment. And we're going to have all of these other things that were very intentional that were put in the show to make their kids succeed. And we're going to have somebody like really care about the lights and the set and the scenic painting and most of the time that's all me (laughs) right so that's where i'm thinking that exhausting thing can come through but i mean like in a way you create that entire world and everybody gets to experience that and it's just such an awesome thing and it would not have you know i mean if somebody else would have directed the show it would have been so different oh absolutely and that's why like you earlier were talking about you know would you be like if, if you were to direct something that I cared a lot about, like a show that I really loved and that I cared about and would I be okay with it? It's like, of course I would be okay. I mean, honestly, I would, I, of course I would be okay with it. I, I want to see what you would do with it. Like what is, what well, is kind of like the, the, when you would ask, Hey, can I direct Dan Frank? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I thought you were doing that the whole time. <laughs> Well, but I also I really know, thought that you had your heart set on that. You no, know what I mean? no, 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 no. Um, um, in, in fact, you know, speaking to that and what we talked about earlier, it's almost like, I don't know if I really even want to be on the stage yeah. because I really want to, like, I have it in my mind, like sound design already, like yeah. what can we accomplish? And, you know, pie in the sky, it would be so cool to, to do this at like an abandoned building where people had to actually walk up to a place, sort of oh, like yeah. a found so space awesome. situation. And it's just like, I would love to do a found space show. This would actually be the perfect show to do a found space. Exactly. Like I've been thinking about that so much, but mm-hmm. all, but back to the, the, to the idea and the original point is just that I know how passionate you are and how special certain things are to you. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that, well, I mean, it's like, like I'm incredibly honored that second, you would even I'm going to tell you my opinion, <laughs> yeah. but, but like I, while I'm incredibly honored, it's also like, I also don't want it to be a situation where you're just stepping to the side because you don't feel like you have time. And then I ruin the thing that you love so much. Oh no, that's definitely not what it is. I, 
I just, I really. That's like the thing that immediately goes through my mind. I'm going to ruin it. it. I'm going to ruin it. Part of the time. Giving way to that negativity. Um, you shut your mouth. Okay? I, do think, right. <laughs> I do think that it, I, I want, I want to see, you know, of course I, I love to direct things and I love to come up with the ideas and I like that kind of stuff, but I also really like to see what other people come up with because it's so different. I find that so interesting that, you know, something that in my mind looks a very, very particular way you can re-envision and make completely different. You know I mean? Oh, so many times I've said that in shows that, that you're directing. It was like, I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Never. Well, and I, I just, I, I think that there, there is something special about that. And I think that it is welcome. And I think that's why theater is so awesome is because you have this collaboration between, you know, actors, one, one of the actors and directors. And one of the things that I, I find interesting is when I'm directing a show and like I'm doing a blocking rehearsal. I've got stuff pre-blocked um, unless I've just like royally screwed up. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's kind of right, like everyone, you're going to start at sitter stage. Yeah. We're going to move out. <laughs> um, which I'm not going to say that has not happened. <laughs> um, but, you know, I always have a vision for our, I want the show. And I'd say 95% of the time I got it pre-blocked. Um, and when I go in there, it is never, I mean, the end product of a show is never what I truly had envisioned from the beginning. Parts of it are, but the show 100% is not, you know, like I'd say, you know, 75% since we're talking percentages, um, you know, more than half, but there's always that, that extra bit that you're like, I just would have never gotten here on my own. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, you know, I think that that is a way that, as a director, I think that is a way to become a better director. I think is to trust the person that you have cast to kind of help lead you to a certain area. Obviously you're guiding them. You're not giving over to them. This is not an organic process where you're just like, I don't know, see what you do. That's not what it is. But I do think that it is a dialogue. It is a conversation. It is seeing how they are portraying that character. That is the truest to them, to themselves. And then, amplifying that by being like, Oh, okay. So what you're doing is inspiring me to think of this in a new way. And now I'm seeing like, what if you did this? Because these people are reacting that way. And so it's almost like real time, um, what, uh, decoding or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's like seeing well, yeah. something in real time and then responding to it and just seeing what happens. When you trying. give someone something and then they kind of run with it and you think, I never would have thought to do it this way, but hang on while they're doing this, you should be. Doing yeah. It. Yeah. Whereas it's just like somebody being like, Oh, do you think that I could, could I do, could I stand on this table right now? You're like, yes, do that. Let's see what happens. And then once they do that, everybody else is looking at them and you come up with the reaction. You're like, all right, so this is what, when this person does, this, this is how you react to it. And this is what should happen. And it builds upon that. You know, it's not giving everything over to the actor because then you're useless. And the vision isn't necessarily holding true. But I think being okay with, I cast this person for a reason. I should trust that person and their experience and what is truest to them. And let's just go down that path for a little while. If it doesn't work, you scrap it, you move on, you go back to your original idea. But I think that it is very difficult for directors to be okay with that. And I do think some of that comes from maybe not having a central vision. Um, but 
I'm any, any, anyway. I don't know why we're talking about this. I can't remember. I wasn't there. If, what, what's been going on? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what was the beginning? <laughs> Some sort of song that you'd written yourself. It was not good. No, it's from Bambi. Um, uh, but no, no. I, I, I think that you know. Oh yeah, you directing something that I feel passionate about. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's yeah. it's you. It's it's them being able to see somebody else's ideas and seeing how they approach it and what is your experience? You know, I have my own experience with this text. So what is it through your life that's going to shine some light that I can't see? So that's exactly it's crazy that you're saying this because that's exactly how I felt about and Frank. It's like, yeah, I, I think for me, I already know in my heart and mind, like what that experience was to mm-hmm. me because you were in the show. Yeah. yeah. I've never been in the show. And, and it like, I, I was totally encapsulated in to the show, the performance and what it meant because it was like the last performance that my grandmother had come to see before oh, she yeah. passed away. So like, to me, it's incredibly special, mm-hmm. but also I don't want to be married to the memory forever. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it would be a disservice to just myself and to the memory of Anne Frank in and of herself and to my own memories to just say that, oh, I'm stuck in this singular vision, but I want to see what someone else that I, that I, you know, truly believe in their vision all the time. Like, I want to see what Mm -hmm. you can do with it. I want to see a different version of this and like what that looks like and feels like. So I guess I completely understand that. It's not like recreate, it's not replacing anything. No, 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 absolutely not. It is, it is seeing something completely new. Like, I guess my, my thing is that I, maybe I'm too, would I skew too much towards that? Yeah. Would you bring in the other thing? Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and just forget about, what the overarching part of the stories should be because yeah. I'm so married to what like this the possibilities, the, yeah, like your possibilities are hindered. Yes. In a way that's interesting. I mean, I do think there's things that you're a part of and things that you do that stick so hard in your brain. You're just like, I'm, it's going to be very hard for me to see this in a different way. Obviously. I mean, uh, our, the two man show that we did so many times, I would took me a long time to break free of that feeling. Um, but I, so I totally understand that. Like, how do you get rid of that side of yourself and just be like, well, it's something different, but that's kind of what we were doing with, you know, something that we experienced when we did little women of me just thinking like, well, this is what you do. You put it in a living room. This is a living room set. And <laughs> yeah. so I need a staircase because it's got an upstairs and how am I going to do that? And this is what this has got to look like. And I need windows. And I was like, why am I thinking of this this way? And it's truly just because it's a really old show and this is what it looks like when people do it however i will say that um that is one of the few shows where i saw you real-time pivot when things changed and then i saw you real time <laughs> tech week well yeah in tech week <laughs> but i saw you real time see it for the first time like i yeah. i remember sitting next to you and and you said let's do it like the church restaurant mm. and i immediately knew exactly what you meant and i went yep, yeah that's it that's exactly what this needs. Well, and that was another one of those moments where I was thinking, if we do, you know, we paint the entire set one color and then we write the best parts of the novel that mean the most to the characters in the show all over the stage, is that a distraction to the audience? And I had like the initial thought of this is what has to happen. And it was like a hundred percent. This is what this is. I feel it in my bones. 
But of course, five seconds after that, I thought it's going to be a distraction to the audience. This is a bad idea. And I was like, no, 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 no. Do it. It feels good. Well, you had right. another idea that was so good and so brilliant. And I would love to have seen that come to fruition. But I think what this show was, man, I don't even know what it was. I don't, I honestly can't remember what I had planned before that. You had costumes. Oh yeah. 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 I don't uh, want to give away the idea in case you ever want to use it again. No, but, I'm definitely going to use that and I can't, I don't know where, but, <laughs> but I, I thought, I, use that. I thought that, you know, having the text place in certain strategic places mm-hmm. for the character of Joe, like kind of where they live. Yes. Yeah. It was like, we never actually were able to watch that I know. because by the time that was all up, it was time for audiences to come in and it was so like hearing the audience get mm-hmm. just dead silent for that moment. I just really that like, song. I think that experience will live with me for a long time just because of, you know, a lot of different things. And I know that we've kind of harped on it quite a bit, but it just, it, so many things came together and I really look forward to the next time that happens. But I also think, you know, we've had, we have been so lucky over the course of us doing, you know, this, this project, you know, that, that is our, our theater company and, and the relationships that we've been able to build and the artists that we have been given the opportunity to work with. And I mean, we have been very, very fortunate. We have, not worked with anyone that I wouldn't work with again. Oh, 10,000%. And it's not very often that you can say that about every project over the course of five <laughs> years. Because usually there's always maybe one person. Yeah, that you're like, yeah. Uh, but even the people that might have been a little nutsy. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, I mean, I would work with them again. Like it was still a part of the experience. I, I, I don't know. I just... I feel very fortunate. I feel very good about those things. But I am it does kind of make me wonder, you know, you're talking about the part of that project that was abandoned to give way to this other thing. Um what projects have h- how many projects have you walked away from or just been like I'm not going to go down this path anymore. Like that's like projects like I'm talking I mean, I guess they could go two ways. Like, have you ever been a part of a project that you've taken yourself out of because you're like, Ooh, this is not right. Or it's not what I originally had visioned. And then was it, is there, is there like projects that you have started yourself? Maybe that's a safer question. I think projects that you yourself is because I know that you do write. Yes. I've got several stories that I have written and I have never found the avenue to pursue them. Yeah. And that so in insofar as like what I had for a large majority of my life, I thought for sure I was going to um end up as a film writer, like mm-hmm. a TV show. And I and for whatever reason that I would always make sense for you. Yeah, for whatever reason, even growing up, I just thought TV is where stories are told. Mm-hmm. Because a movie you have 90 minutes to, you know, 262 minutes to tell a story, but with a TV series. And I think that I I love the TV, that era that we live in today. Yeah. And, you know, thank goodness. It's just a long movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it. So you you have to think about, I get to take this character on a two and a half hour ride or a 10 hour ride. Yeah. And I think that to me would be more fulfilling to tell a story. And now that being said though, most of what I have like in my head and written and stuff I wouldn't say I've ever abandoned the ideas. Yeah. 
in so far as like I've got them shelved for another day, but there have been things that I've been a part of where I have removed myself from because I thought I don't think I'm the right fit for what mm. you want to achieve. Oh yeah. And I'm not trying to be a certain type of way about this. I just think that what we want are two different things. Yeah. I think that's incredibly healthy. Yeah. I mean, I think that is because I've, I've been a part of a project before where you're butting up against what you think should happen mm -hmm. and what other people have envisioned. Yeah. And you're like, I don't think this is going to work. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. Yeah. And I, I should have, I should have removed myself. So it's like learning that lesson early on. Yeah. And then also knowing your own boundaries, I guess of like, I understand myself. I understand what you're wanting and, I'm not going to be the person to give that to you. And I'm sorry about that. Yes. But which, which, there is someone else and that's who you should be finding. I would say made me a, a stronger performer overall. So that like when say, because I think a, a, a younger Chris, when you had approached me about, Hey, I don't think we're doing this scene correctly. And we need to change the energy of the scene in the, at the end of to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. I think a younger Chris would have let his ego maybe get in the way of like, no, I have to give a big acting moment where yeah. it's like, no, that's not like, I want to tell the story. What's itself. interesting though is like, it's interesting that you say I have to give a big acting moment because I do think, you know, originally when we were doing the last scene in To Kill a Mockingbird, um, you, Chris, were big, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a big moment because yeah. of that. And yeah. so that's what's interesting. It's like, as actors, we feel like I'm giving the big moment. Oh yeah, but we're actually <laughs> yeah. doing the opposite to ourselves. We're we're you know? like making we're like highlighting ourselves and not the story but to be or the fair, character. It, but that wasn't just you. I, that was also me being like, this is I don't know what it is. This isn't right. We haven't dedicated time to it. Like there is another way. Yeah, and because it was you and me, I was letting it fall to the wayside probably more than. If it would have been somebody else, I would. Have. Oh, you'd have never let that pass. Yeah, it, it, but I've also, you know, that would that was a a bit of a trap of my situation in that moment of like I I trust you and I'd eventually get there, and I probably let that go on for too long. But in a way, I'm kind of like I feel like even that worked out the way that it should, because I don't know if we would have had the capacity or the longevity to be able to maintain the emotion that. That's was true. Taken from that moment for as long as we needed to to get to the end of the show. Because it was, yeah, I will say that uh, looking back on that moment, it was almost as if you could feel that tension there. Yeah, that there was something left unsaid. Yeah, I mean, unfelt. That that show broke me at the end a hundred percent, and it was that was very difficult to kind of, you know, it's, I don't remember who it was. Uh, um. I guess I won't say actual names, uh, but the they were talking about the, there was a therapist in Chicago that just dealt with actors. And I think I've said this to you before, but they were talking to me about it. And they were like, you know, the thing is, is that your mind knows that you are performing, but your body and your nervous system oh, yeah. has no clue. So this stress that you're putting yourself through as a character and this breakdown for your body is real. Like you are having that breakdown and this stress is real. Your body is having that stress, you know, and, and even though in my mind, I'm like, this isn't real after the fact. Oh, this is kind of interesting. I don't really know if I know that it isn't real in the moment. 
Oh, I, I, I'm with you 10,000% because it, it's, that makes sense. You, you, you have to allow yourself to feel those things. Yeah. Now this is real actory. It's I very actory. Yeah. <laughs> but to, well, to I mean, really everybody's got their own path into feeling these emotions. That's why there's, you know, yeah. 18,000 acting techniques out there. Like, I don't know of another way for me personally. Like I, I, I it's, it's like imagining I, yourself into reality. Yeah, like you're I have imagining to so hard. I have to that be it's just real in that thing. Yes, I have to be 100% living that thing mm-hmm. for that moment. Yeah, because anytime it's not that it feels fabricated. So fake. Yeah. And I feel like my energy is way out in left field. But also like it's it's it feels like such a disservice to the moment as well, you know, and I don't I don't like that. But that was the thing at, at the end of that show, I was done. Oh man, I was done. <laughs> and it just, it was nice. It was beautiful to be able to give yourself over. And, and I used to like think of it in like the terms of walls and like highly emotional scenes. I know I used to just go a hundred percent in the wrong direction. And it wasn't internal. It's that horrible thing whenever I was in college and I was doing doubt and I wouldn't pick up the phone, you know, <laughs> and I just because I would like found yes. this place and I was like, ooh, people are watching me. I can't pick it. Pick it. I'm not going to pick it up. Take it up. And this very um, sassy gay man came up to me afterwards and he was like, I was just thinking, like, pick up that phone. Why won't this boy pick up that phone? Pick <laughs> up the phone. I was like, oh, so I actually took you out of it. Yeah. But it, nice. But I'm so what, glad I did that. What person like and every I think actor falls into the, the traps? Like, yeah, pick of, up the phone, Cody. I say it in my head all the time. But it was a great, great trick. Yes, it's, like pick it up. It's it's the trap that we all fall into. We want to show people it's, that we can. I'm gonna act die I'm longer so than anyone else. You know, it's <laughs> yes. like the show that goes wrong when they compete for the last. Yes, you know, absolutely. Like to die last. Um, but it, it 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 is that was a luckily for me a lesson that I learned in my early twenties. Um, and now I really hope that I pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when I should. For Do sure. I have the wherewithal to like remind myself to pick mm-hmm. up the phone? I mean, I, I think about projects from my past that I was so passionate about and just like going in and like doing adaptations of some classical work with some friends and like the way that I envisioned it, the way that it should be directed and the way that we were adapting it to be directed and the music and like going that far into it. And then it's like it disappears. Mm-hmm. And that's just so weird to me. Like, how can I be in a place where I'm like, this is all I think about. I'm meeting up with these people. We're like the all of us are collaborating on this. You know, however many people it was three in this instance that I'm talking about. And and then just like no idea how it just kind of went away. Like, what happened? Why did it go away? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I think it's just people move away or you're all like giving your your spare time to it, but you're kind of like doing this to stay creative in the in-between. I think it's, yeah, I think it's almost like a super, like a relationship that's based purely on passion. Yeah. And then when the passion, like something else starts going on that you need to do or whatever. And then life takes over and that passion just slowly starts to fizzle away. All of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm not in that relationship anymore. How did that happen? (laughs) I am curious how many good ideas have died on the vine. Oh man. Just insane, insane amount. 
I mean, I still really would love to do this one particular, particular thing, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a lot, a lot of good ideas because people just, and you think about the people that just don't have the opportunity to be able to, per, True. to perform it or to see it out, you know? I don't know, but I am excited about moving forward and leaning, leaning more into this positive headspace and this healthier place as far as where we are. And I also am, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe if, if we're not producing things all of the time, you know, like I'm, I'm hopeful that someone else kind of takes over the reins in a way and Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, well, you know, because I think that we produce theater that not necessarily other people produce. True. Um, at least not in the way that we do it or the shows that we choose. And I would hope that someone else would take that on. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see who it's going to be and what they do. And I'm hopeful for it for sure. Right. Um, I do like, I did find myself the other day thinking about this one particular show that I would really love to do. And I've, I'm, I think that now I'm, I'm starting to feel the age of, where I'm at in life. And I'm like, I have not a whole lot of time left (laughs) Yeah, to do it. And I I think about that a lot too. I'm going to need to do that. I'm going to need to do it soon. And it is a show that I've done, but I'm like, I, I want to do it again. Mm -hmm. I want to produce it. I want, but that's the other thing. Like I want to produce it. I want my ideas. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because we're we're kind of running out of time here, but I, I am curious. Have you ever been part of a show that you thought, just based on what you just said, that you thought, I cannot wait to be of a certain age to play that role instead of maybe the younger role? Yeah, all the time. And now I'm too old. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. But you, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, though. I yeah. totally understand what you're saying. I mean... I've auditioned for shows and thought, man, this would be so cool if I could play the older guy, mm-hmm. you know, if, or if even, or if I could play the, the younger romantic interest, cause I was never really considered for the, the young romantic roles ever, you well, know, it's cause it you're always, so freaking tall. Yeah. It was always like, uh, that dude's the villain. That dude is the strong, silent Darcy type or whatever if there was ever a romance it was I mean I played Darcy like it was not I'm I'm never the Bingley I'm never the like people that get to have fun and fall in love it's always the like nobody knew this could happen right (laughs) and now all of a sudden I talk and yay isn't that great you know but so of course that's definitely that era is done like the romantic interest for me is I feel like I'm no longer going to be a romantic interest. Well, I'm the old married man yeah. now, so <laughs> I guess I'll just go ahead and do those things. But there are definitely some roles that I would really love. Like I'm excited about being older and hopeful we'll eventually get to play. Mm-hmm. And what's odd is that my brain still every time just goes to Shakespeare. Like these are the roles I want to play <laughs> in Shakespeare, yeah. you know? Um, but it's, it's like, if I could just, it's, 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 it's like, I know I'm not going to be Hamlet, but dear God, if I die before I get to play King Lear, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. If I can be angry after death, I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to be so yeah. angry. Uh, but anyway, hopefully that, that happens, even though I, I don't know, 
maybe I'll feel differently about the whole King Lear thing, but that is my favorite Shakespeare. Um, so hopefully that eventually gets to happen. Well, that was a great uh, spiel. <laughs> spiel. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are sort of running low on time. So why don't we? Um, are we sort of running low on time? We're, or we're we, beyond time. We're, we're over like time. way we're out of time. We're way out of time. I feel like we're way out. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife has texted me 12 times. Ooh. Well, in the spirit of the 12 text, drip, drip, drop. I think we're done. We should log off of this podcast. <laughs> my mind <laughs> like my whole my whole being is red right now <laughs> that did not did not come out the did door. you see how big my eyes got what did i what did i say before that i don't even know